ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from an undisclosed location somewhere in the greater Boston area. Welcome to Bamboozle.Boston, the only New England podcast show that openly engages in death-defying on-air alcohol consumption, live music, and special guest appearances. Join us as we learn the finer things about alcohol, its origins, proper way to consume, and as the saying goes, wine improves with age, I improve with wine. Here to improve, to inspire, to <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're improving. And to abide are your hosts, Mike Grady and Sean Cochran. Uh, Mike, that was great. You know, I, when you have a, when you have a, a, a speaking mishap, it's some of my favorite moments. <laughs> I mean, it truly is because <laughs> because it's, what are you going to do? My tongue gets caught up in itself, and then I'm get. Uh, I get, I get it, I get it. So we uh, we have a, a very special guest oh, tonight. Yeah, we're the most special and we're gonna we're gonna introduce what what do we do? What's our segment tonight? What's our um, what are we doing for, for Mike? Get focused, red wine. The, you, Hold on, there we go. Where's the? Where, there it is. There it is. Booze, the first frontier. These are the voyages of Boston. Booze date Wednesday, October 20th, 2020. Join us as we explore all types of alcoholic beverages, prehistory, cockeyed perspective, and to boldly go where so many fine human beings have already gone before. Today we are entering the world of red wine. <laughs> Welcome to the Booze Log. All right. Excellent. Sweet. So our guest is Gerald. Gerald, what is your last name? I don't even know your last name. I don't even know. Is is it a secret? (laughs) Do we have have one? No, Voisinbert. That's your name? It is. Voisinbert. You're going to have to write that down for me so we can get the Uh, credit. So we can mispronounce it many times. Sure. (laughs) You you would anyway. (laughs) That's right. So, Gerald, you you've, you you mentioned you've been drinking wine for how many years since you were too too long too long for some people for me uh, you know it's pretty much as a French yeah my first uh, drink was a two year old uh, oh, by two? accident yeah it, was it champagne I was left oh. in the kitchen on the table and okay. I started to drink champagne <laughs> that was left that, over wow. do you remember that experience not at all but I have a picture of it it's uh, it's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> are you like? Are you like in the sink with the bo- like with the bottle? No, no, up? it's not a joke. I, I'm 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 sitting there by a really nice bottle of champagne. It's called Tetanger Comte de Champagne, and I'm sitting there. I'm two year old. I'm kind of big, fat, and and, and, and all red, really happy as shit, <laughs> oh, and with uh, with a little whatever. The, my mouth on 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 the bottle and and it's like not good. They left me in the kitchen. It's, that's <laughs> well, why. They, they, they didn't mean to do that though. No, I'm no, sure no it, was it was a party time. They had a, you know parents before. You know, I'm, I'm from the sixties and the parents get like to their own shit and the kids were on the table in the kitchen. Wrong. So yeah, I started young. Okay, so you started very young. Yeah. Well, that's great. So mm-hmm. you, you you may have the most experience out of. Oh, I would think he does. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, well, you know. I mean, in drinking, maybe that's about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what ex- what is this? I can't even pronounce it. All right. So that is called Maison L'Envoyé. Uh, Maison L'Envoyé. So the house of the messenger. That's what it oh, is. So okay. Maison L'Envoyé is. Uh, uh, it's a company that is kind of a big company that their goal is to um, uh, find um, vineyards in different places of the world. And one of their own vineyards they own really is in Beaujolais, 
Beaujolais region is the south of Burgundy, way south in Burgundy, okay. uh, on the way to Lyon, if you go you know, south of France. So anyway, they, they own that uh, uh, some location in Beaujolais. The rest of the world, which is mostly uh, Oregon, US, uh, some places in uh, Australia, I think, or Chile. I mean, they have a few sure. places in the world where they make mostly Pinot Noir. Mm. Uh, a part of Beaujolais, which is Gamay. Gamay so great. this is this is Pinot Pinot Noir. This was uh, yeah, no. yes, that's a Pinot Noir from okay. the from Oregon. And it says the at the attaché, the attaché, yeah. Willamette Valley. So it's in, it is. Or, uh, okay. So. Huh. Uh, the attaché is again. They use French name because the, they started their company. They, they are in Beaujolais and Burgundy, and they spread out. So what they have, they have a wine consultant, which is a French guy, mm -hmm. uh, probably making some of the wine, but mostly is a consultant. Explain what to do. I'm, I'm not sure where exactly they make they make all the wines. All I know is they buy grapes to some location, and they have like agreement with some farmer. And uh, they, okay. they try to, to you know, to find the specific soil they require and specific way of growing they require. So it's uh, it's interesting because um, it's a wine. Uh, how can I say? It's still industrial. You know, it's it's a company. It's a modern way to do things. But uh, you'll try it. That's a 2014. So it's got some age already. It's six okay. years for a, a Pinot. It's Starting to be nice. Not all of them uh, require that oh. age. Well, thank you. But um, you're welcome. Some of them can be, you know, like a regular Burgundy will be really nice young. This one's got some years and it's really interesting. So the what is interesting about that wine is they're really trying to make something that is really enjoyable, easy to drink, okay. and yet brings something. And you'll see, it's 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 interesting. Okay. So so just to recap. This is a company that seeks out different locations in farms, yes. as, as farmers. Farmers, yes. Okay. Uh, they, they, they work with some farmers. They buy the grape. They don't, a part of the place in Beaujolais, region of France, mm -hmm. which they own, they have their own domain. Otherwise, they just buy grapes. And it make sounds like wine. a co-op. We have like co-ops here. Well, it's, it? it's the same kind of ideas. I mean, that's pretty much what people do, especially in the new world uh, uh, way of doing wine. It's... Uh, uh, you don't grow your grapes. You buy the grapes from farmers. That's a, oh, a really typical right. thing in the That's States, uh, but also in Argentina and, and some of them in France as well. And uh, yes, the, uh, we had the co-op, especially in the Beaujolais region, that people didn't make the wine. They usually farm the grapes, and when it was mm -hmm. a bad year, they sell it to the co-ops. And the co-op will make the wine or sell it to someone who will. But mostly in Europe, the, the winemakers, the wineries, they have their own grapes. They have their own farming. They wow. do everything, which I, I rather like to follow from. I like the guy that is doing the wine from A to Z, farming. You know, it's all interesting to me. But it doesn't mean these people don't do great. And they, they tr they're working with farmers. They're monitoring everything. They have specific, you know, they, they want specific way to do things. And, and then they, they just do the, you know, buy the grapes, do the wine. Ah. Hmm. You know, I know, I know that's really that, neat. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, just oh, I know that really the neat. wine consumption in this country has drastically increased over the past 20 years. More than, I know more uh, people who drink wine that are as many people drink wine that drink beer and beer was the beverage of this country for years and years and decades. But wine, it seems like everybody's drinking wine. Have well, you noticed an increase in? I, I really believe, and it's not only here. It's uh, it's, it's 
expanding. I mean, obviously, the demand is high because the, the everywhere you go, there is a big culture of wine and wineries. And, and it's, I read like a, a few years ago, even the New England was a, one of, if not the biggest consumer of uh, wine, which is weird because you will think like maybe New York or Chicago. And yes, maybe the high ends wine, wine will be there in you know, Dallas, right. New York, Chicago. Okay. But in quantity, that will be New England, which I'm not surprised well, a bunch of Irish well, there. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. You can only drink so much whiskey. That's right. <laughs> so I'm just curious how much that increased. During COVID, I mean, think the, the, oh, it was a quadruple the consumption. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's see. Let's put it really simple. I just see myself, right? Yeah. Which I'm not a big drinker. I, uh, you know, I used to party a lot. We, we, you know, I'm not a big drinker. But the whole COVID time, with my wife, we had every night aperitif with a nice cocktail and then a freaking bottle of wine, and I had to Sounds buy cool. a lot just to. To compensate my loss in that. Just to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, just myself, I can tell you, augmentation was at least at least fifty percent more. Okay. Because it was every day one bottle. Because <laughs> you're bored, you're on the garden. It's, it was a beautiful weather too. <laughs> and, you're, and you're only going to drink nice wine. You're not going to drink any any huspess or anything like that, of course. Well, because you know, over the years, and when you start drinking wine, uh, you you acquire a taste for things that are, uh, um, yeah, you unless you're you're a wino, which is fine, nothing wrong with it, but that you don't care. You just need the buzz. You don't need the alcohol. The, the the taste of it. If you, if you just need the buzz, uh, you don't really oh, care. Oh, perhaps blue and, ribbon. And uh, yeah, well, yeah. Some people don't really <laughs> care. You know, they just need. They love the buzz. Yeah, sure. But if you like the taste, well, yeah, you 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 have the tendency to, uh, and over the years, a few, you know, you just try to get something better. Okay. Or different. So me, me personally, when it comes to wine, I, I never really liked wine. When it comes to white wine, I still can't drink white wine. It just it 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 doesn't it tastes like turpentine to me. It just does well, not work. There's, that's it. It's open gate for for more nights together because uh, yeah, there's so many different so wines, many so yeah. many different tastes and occasion. It wine, uh, you know, we can go throughout these stories and all like it, it is still. Um, a social event. It's something that, you know, the taste of one bottle will be completely different whether you have it with friend mm -hmm. or in a atmosphere you not you don't feel right about or with really? people annoying. Yeah, it is. No, it's really social why, thing. Um, why would the bottle, so two bottles, identical bottles, you have one in one location and then you think it's okay. different. Okay, just confusing. a basic example. I was yeah. working for uh, a, a company that's called Rémy Martin. It's a house, uh, they, they, they make cognac. Okay. Uh, Rémy Martin, I used to work for that company called uh, Rémy Distribution. Rémy Distribution used to sell Rémy Martin and wine and champagne and a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was in charge for the luxury um, places in Paris, which is great restaurant, uh, cabaret, um, Big hotels, whatever, and I remember going to those amazing restaurants. We, call, we, you know, we have a Michelin guide, which which is like the top rated restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time going there and and to sell one of the restaurants to sell the champagne called Krug. Krug uh, champagne is compared, you know, it's supposed to be the elite of of 
champagne. Okay. Those cost the minimum of three to four hundred bottle uh, dollar a bottle, up to six thousand dollar. Wow. One bottle of specific Krug. Wow. Uh, it's called yeah. Claude Damonet and uh, Dambonet, sorry, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's it it is really amazing. So, I used to be able. I had money you know just as a seller to go spend to some area try to sell that wine mm -hmm. and i remember this wine is amazing we will have that wine together having fun having a good time maybe a good dinner lobsters will be you know fantastic yeah and you will find most likely that wine amazing when i was working first of all i had you know it's lunch you don't want to get buzzed. I'm driving. I go to see clients. I'm trying to sell my shit. I was yeah. drinking this amazing wine with amazing lunch. You know, top-notch restaurant. We yeah. cost, you know, a lot of money. And I was like going out and you go, I don't even know what I had or drink or, you know, it's just... So it... It's just you nothing. weren't able to enjoy it because you, do, you don't enjoy you weren't it. feeling you weren't feeling you're it. not in the mood you're not in and uh, the product huh. is the same, same it was product. amazing beautiful bottle the mm -hmm. meal was fantastic you just you're working you're not in the mood you're trying to sell your shit it's just different huh. and so yes definitely the atmosphere the where you drink it, the way you drink it the glass everything is important over the years you notice that did you find that you now enjoy have the opportunity to enjoy it more at home during as you've been drinking as opposed to you know when you're in the midst of work that was your business and so it can kind of sour you after a while but home now do you find that you enjoy all of this a lot more than you used to when you were working all right uh, yes definitely uh, working is working and right, whatever you do it's yeah. just you know you're working uh, unless you're drunk and and in that case it doesn't really matter because it doesn't you, matter you, if it's you, good yeah it doesn't matter yeah but if you just enjoy what you i, I always did enjoy wine so yes uh while working of course it's just uh, you lose it's not even 50%. You lose 80% of the pleasure. It's just, mm. okay, you open that bottle because you have to. And basically, uh, that's it. Mm. And it's really sad because we talk about a beautiful product. People, you know, they do a lot of work, handwork. It's not like bullshit. It's just somebody put his heart in it and you like fuck it up in no time. And it's sad. It's right. really sad. Mm. Sure, sure. Mm. But as long as you can have your moments and enjoy it properly. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So, uh, because I'm here, as you know, uh, I moved in the States 15 years ago, mm -hmm. um, and I arrived late in age. And uh, we, as you know, the U.S., we're kind of busy. We work, work, work. And the, the time to uh, socialize, it's not that great. Uh, so, between the family and work, and basically, you don't socialize really. And I thank you for that, because it's a part of what we do right now and it's really pleasant but so i'm lucky enough my wife really enjoy it mm -hmm. so we uh it's it's a pleasure to open bottles and and share with our things i buy a lot of wine uh, wine in general just to make her um you know to, to teach her and show her different things so i buy a lot of different wine and mm. it's a pleasure today because Especially in the States, you can buy wine from everywhere. It's not that available in France. You have French, yeah. some Spanish, some Italian, and that's about it. Here in the States, 
For me, that was open gate to everything because oh, we okay. could buy wine from I never everywhere. thought of that. I didn't yeah. even think of that. No, it's, it's fantastic. It's you you go to New Hampshire liquor store, which is not the great store, but it's it's you know it's great in a way that it's big. Uh -huh. It's it's you travel the world just hanging around the alley, and for me, it's it's beautiful. Wow! Just you look at the stickers, you look at where it's from, and it, it tells me a lot. It tells me stories. It tells me. It's fantastic. Just I can hang around that shop just for by pleasure. I'm sorry. What shop was that? New Hampshire liquor store. The New, oh, the New Hampshire liquor store. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's it's stupid because it's it, you know, but they have everything. They have some great bottle. And the best will be uh, Total Wine and More here in Massachusetts. We, I mean, it's not from here. Yeah. But they they have two stores now here, and it's it's they have really good shit. But yeah, it, mm. it's pleasant. Wait, they have one out in Peabody, don't Danvers. They? Yeah, Danvers. I yeah. was to, I yeah, went to yeah, that yeah, place yeah, about yeah. three or four weeks mm. ago. Yeah, it is nice. Wow. So yeah, it, it is fantastic. The states allowed me to, and and not only the states, to be honest with you, because yeah. of internet today, you can really buy it from everywhere. Of course. But in France, it kind of make it difficult for me, you know, because of the tax, because of the different things. Like I'm like, ah, I don't know. But here, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in heaven for buying wine. I buy wine. I've got wine from everywhere. And you and you have a wine cellar. I have two. You have two wine cellars. Yeah, I have one in France and one here. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. How often do you go back to France? Well, I used to go uh, at least you know like four or five times a year, and now you know. I mean, now with COVID, I'm sure. Well, you're not with going COVID, anywhere. I couldn't go differently, yeah, but I, I'll try to go at least two times a year. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what I, what I do in France, I usually store irons. Uh, make sure I wouldn't drink them because they need to age. Okay. So that's it. Uh, and that's in there and I don't touch it. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of silly, so but it's, whatever. It's, it's, it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of discipline to stay away from the. Well, but that's it because you, uh, again, wine, when you start, I wouldn't say collecting, but when you start drinking and you want to drink wine at the perfect timing, you better have some, especially if you drink every day. Yeah. If you open a, a bottle of wine every day, let's say you're kind of uh, off a few days, 360 days a year, well, you drink at least 300 bottles, at least a year. That's a lot of wine. That's well, yeah, but if wine. you think about it, <laughs> think about it. How many days? Uh, well, if you don't drink every day, well, that's not even. But if you drink every day one beer, mm -hmm. well, that's it. You, you, and you don't yeah. stop to one beer usually. It you goes fast. You if don't you do that shot. If mm. I I would be terrified to do the math. Well, that's it. That's, uh, <laughs> you just put you know, surround that bottle. If you think about it, an average. Mm. Let's say you don't spend money on wine. You you really go low. You will spend at least at least twelve dollars, fifteen dollars. That will be you know kind of. You cannot go lower, but well, do the math. If you drink every day, I know some flight attendants who, to my wife that did drink at least at least one bottle a day of white just. Ooh. So that's it. It's 165 one bottle, bottle a day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's open. You yeah. Know. True. I mean, true. once it's open, you, you you're obligated. You well, to, yeah. But what what else? You know, in the morning, it tastes like shit. So, <laughs> speaking of something being open. <laughs> uh oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, really, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious. I love the smell. The the, the bouquet on this is so. The, that's it. That's Ooh. type of wine. You, you know, it's not brainstorming. It, it, it gets you right away. So you have, you know, it's rich still. Uh, so that type of Pinot and richness, uh, mm -hmm. and especially for that price, you will only find in a warmer area. So that's that will be new world type. Uh, to have that power in Burgundy, 
you will have to go higher. You know, in, in money-wise, it will be a different story. This that's really good. The end. The well, end of it is really dry. It dries. It, I just noticed the taste at the very end. Every <coughs> my word. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, uh, how much is this bottle of wine average? Well, it this one. If you buy it from Maison Lavoyer, I would say it's about $45. But for some reason, probably in 2014, something happened. They had too many production. The New Hampshire liquor store sold it for like $24 or something. Oh, so, th- so, so you, I, you purchased it in, you know, years, I, years ago. No, this one, I, I bought it at, um, um, where was that? <sighs> I didn't buy it at New Hampshire liquor store. For some reason, I had some, which I bought the high, end, you know, the high price and... Uh, yeah. Um, one day I was hanging around the, the, that store, you know, they're everywhere in Yomsha. And I saw it for that price. I bought like two or three cases because that's, the, that's an easy wine when you, let's say you go somewhere and you, again, it's really difficult to, to bring Ian's wine somewhere you don't know the people because, mm-hmm. first of all, unless you're super rich or you don't care or you want to show off or, you know, there's many. Yeah. Boundaries you have to put in something that could cost money. And when you have it, you don't even realize. Uh, I can, I have so many anecdotes about everything that is, it's funny. You know, we get older, so we have anecdotes. But anyway, uh, it's difficult to bring a wine. And uh, in that specific occasion, when you told me about bring something, it's, it's not that easy. Specif- you know, for me, it, it's not because of different expectations I have. And I was like, okay, we could go with a nice Bordeaux, but I know that. Some of my Bordeaux, they're not ready to drink, and some of them, they wouldn't be right. And I wouldn't, you know, it's not about how much it costs, it's how much like, it's more, yeah, but will it be right at the time we're going to try it? Yes. So that's why I had to pick something that I knew. You knew that this is you ready. You open it, it will be nice and pleasant, okay. you know. Sure, sure. And, and yeah. So you, when you pick a bottle of wine, it's not just, you just don't grab it off the shelf. I don't. You think about mm. what you're doing, where you're going, what's it all about, the occasion, the timing, everything. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And I don't think that that type of thought, I mean, I, when, I'm going, when I go to do something like bring some type of alcoholic beverage, I don't put that kind of thought into it. Mm. That's actually pretty, that's a really cool way to look at it. Is mm. Well, it's a culture. That's I will say. It's also when you have a passion. Uh, yeah. right. it, it, but right. it's it's like kind of it's an artistic way of seeing things. You're into music. Yes. You wouldn't wake up with anything because no. you're into music. There's something specifically that morning you want to listen to. Absolutely. And that's about the same. That's that's about the analogy. same image. Yeah. You know? Okay. okay. Yeah. That's a that's a really good way to put that. Yes. yes. Well, very yeah, good analogy because it is. It is artistic at that level, and some wine wineries or winemakers reach the level of, of artistry with the price tag too. That's mm. you know, and so yes, they, there is a sort after everything you do when you start drinking, and uh, I, I believe that, and trying to enjoy as much as you can. Now, don't get me wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. many times throughout you know, my, you know, I'm getting older, so many times. Uh, you start the, the evening like we do, and we kind of polite. And uh, but yeah, at the end there's alcohol in there. So after a few bottles, we went goofy many times. And when I, I used to say with my friend, who used to have cellar and still have some, uh, we used to really late at night and starting to open really amazing bottle of wine with 
we couldn't appreciate because we were so freaking drunk and just ah, God, fuck it open it and yeah that we did goofy shit that's for sure and don't tell me oh yeah how was that bottle oh fantastic we don't know we were fucked up <laughs> fuck it yeah and how many times did we toss like really it's like tossing a lot of money down the, the, yeah. the toilet but whatever but, we but had again, fun but we had fun celebrating with your friend mm-hmm. that's just, that's wonderful and that's I mean you, you you couldn't remember what the hell you what you drank I we, we remember yeah we, we couldn't say there's no way we can say oh that wine was this and this it was exp- that expression and whatever uh, no it was just really freaking goofy and you go ah <laughs> look at these idiots and, and, and we, uh, we've had a few of those nights <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it it's, it's all good as long as you you know you stick to something like this basic but because we didn't have basic wine in our cellar it, it did turn stupid sometimes like really some bottle like people will dream of having or drinking oh and you got into the uh, really fuck it. The, the really <laughs> big stuff you did yeah yeah oh, sometimes uh, i remember it was sad, a sad situation yeah okay so much of some okay. of the stuff you're talking about that were three four five or six thousand dollars bottle of wine something I, like I, that no, I, we, yeah today they will be definitely that price yeah. at that era it wasn't uh you have to understand when i was younger in my um i'm 54 now uh, when i was in my 30s a bottle of uh, uh, Mouton Rothschild, you know, which is the Ions, uh, b- one of the Ions Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mouton Rothschild was probably about, for a good year, 300 francs a bottle, which was expensive. Mm-hmm. But 300 francs today, it's, uh, um, what is it? Uh, about $50. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's Mouton Rothschild 86, for example, will sell today most likely for, yeah, probably, I, I will say something goofy, but I would say around $3,000 maybe. Wow. That same model. And, and yeah. what, what year do you think that that was? 86. That, that was 86. Uh, no, oh. when, when, uh, when, when we did that type of goofy things, that was in that era, you know, okay. late and 80s, this was your, 90s. This was your wine at the time that you were drinking. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. We used to you weren't uh, on the job. You weren't going through the warehouse and drink. No, 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 no. no, no that no. was you. Uh, we used to buy and all <laughs> go to restaurant and having amazing wine and gets really freaking stupid. Yeah, and, and yeah, sure enough, you, you uh, <laughs> yeah. then you realize, oh, we had this. Oh yeah, wow. <laughs> Today, the same wine, all the goofy shit we used to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that will cost you a harm. I mean, really, that will be bad, bad, bad. I mean, we, I wouldn't be able to afford it. What I could afford before without having a great job. Mm-hmm. Today, there's no way you can do that. No way, it's too yeah. expensive. Yeah. I don't do that. I can't buy this bottle today. I mean, I have some, but I used to buy cases of 12. We, we, yeah. be, between my friend, we used to share that and it was yeah. fine. Today, the, they don't even make boxes of 12, those ends. They, they sell boxes of six. Because... Because they don't it's have easier the, to move. No, well, no. probably, but also they don't have the demand. Oh, I mean, except okay. big clients. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I used to work for a prince who had hundreds of cases of Petrus, of of Mouton Rothschild, of Aubryon, all that are big name in Bordeaux. Yeah, uh, the Irons. Yeah, but no people like us. No way. <laughs> so who who's the prince? Well, I was one of the uh, Saudis. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this uh, is when you were in? In France. I, in I was working for uh, a designer. Okay. And um, for one year, because he had uh, to, to um, he was doing a house, an apartment for that prince. So I was uh, a liaison be- between the two. We, we were supposed to 
watch what was going on, you know, all the, between the, all the contractors and everything, yeah. and make sure everything was fine. So the prince had somebody, a Lebanese friend of mine, actually, uh, that watched his side, and I was watching the side of the, the architect and making sure everything was fine. This architect also owned uh, a chateau in Bordeaux, wine, a winery. So all that mixed up, yeah, it was a kind and of you had, some, you had your hands on some decent, some really good wine. Nothing to do with that, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I was already, w but I remember some anecdote about that princess, especially, oh, which okay. was re really weird. That she used to come in the afternoon, see the how well was the work, or and have her sister over and starting to open an amazing bottle of wine just in the middle of the afternoon, where she wasn't supposed to drink wine, the Muslim, and uh, just having, you know, I remember that bottle of uh, Aubryon, uh, 1990 which was an amazing year. Even young wine was really nice, beautiful to drink. She used to have a sip of it, took shit with her, her sister and then go. So I used to finish the fucking bottle. <laughs> well, sure Couldn't enough. let it go to waste. I mean, basically, <laughs> I had nothing to do. I wasn't a contractor. I was watching those guys not to do something goofy. I had to do something goofy because what else? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, good for you. At least you got to, you know, clean I, it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. You, you do shit like that. So between your wine cellar in France mm. and the one here, how many bottles of wine do you think you have? No, uh, Any idea? Yeah. Uh, I will say it's, it's a 1,500 about, yeah. 1500 yeah that's, that's somewhat a bit that's yeah but uh, <laughs> think about it uh it's quite simple it's 300 a year uh it, yeah. we want some bottle require at least 15 to 20 years really aging just before, to get it right before yeah be, just to get that. it right some yeah. of them 45 years so uh, how so, do you know uh, when you purchase a bottle in 2014 how do you know when it's time to open that bottle i mean how right. does anybody know so most ends. Uh, in great years, mm -hmm. uh, are designed. They they are made to age. They not. They don't make this wine to just open it. You could. You will lose a lot. It, it, it will be tight. It will be. We call it fermé, closed, completely no expression. They will be weird. So okay, it's pointless. And they they made it this way because they know with time it will be create greatness. I'm not talking about good wine. I'm going. I'm talking about greatness. I had a great occasion to drink wine that were completely ready when I was younger, uh, some 59, some 61, that were perfect. And it was just really amazing. And there's no way you can have this in a young wine. It's just specific. It has to, to age properly. It has to age properly on specific way of doing it. It's not all wine need to age. Not, yeah. uh, not at all. That was actually what I was just going to ask you because so much of the wine no. that is consumed was bottled last year, the year before, and people take it off the shelves. Yeah, and yeah. And Not all it. wine are designed to age at all. Okay, uh, okay. It's, it's, all right. It's an, al an alchemy. It's 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 a way of doing, and also some grape needs to age. Some specific grape needs to age. So when you purchase a bottle of wine, how do you know to, to age it for a certain amount of time? Because people, because the the the, the grower or the or the, uh, the has told you that it sh you should let it sit for six years or. I mean, how do you... You can have that. You have a lot of information now. We're lucky enough to have internet. You can... Um, but oh, there's also knowledge. I, uh, I know um, that most Bordeaux I buy, mm -hmm. um, because of what they are, I know they need to age. Now, it's tricky because some, even those high-ends Bordeaux on, on bad years, some of them, they still 
managed to make a great wine, even years that the weather wasn't good at all. Mm -hmm. But this, like, for example, some of the Bordeaux, even I, in 2014, for example, you could, you could definitely open today and, and it will, you will have some pleasure with it. Now, great years, like 2010 mm -hmm. or 2015, 16, even 18, oh, this one, they, they will need to, lay, to wait and they, they probably will be amazing. So would you, how many years do you think they need to wait? Uh, let's say if you're lucky enough to purchase those great Ozone or, or you know, Cheval Blanc, all those top tier, uh, 30 years, 20, 30 years, yeah. Wow. Which, oh, you know, I'm, I'm screwed because basically I'm 55. Uh, by the time uh, I'll be 85 and probably f pissing myself, so I won't be able to enjoy anything. <laughs> so, I'm, and, you know, really, if you ask me, I'm stupid. Uh, I bought uh, some uh, Margot 2016, which increasing price for many reasons like crazy. Chateau Margot. Uh, and I just realized, oh, screw that. Because that, let's say that bottle was maybe 500 to buy. Okay. But you buy it like two years before you receive it. Okay. So. I see. That bottle was on the market when it came out was 1600. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, maybe I should sell it. And I should, because I will never enjoy it. Never. I'd be, I'd be 80 something to be the right time. So I'm like, oh, that's freaking stupid. So you, you order a bottle in advance. Yeah, well, I, I buy a lot in advance. A uh, lot, like okay. that, yes. Uh, Bordeaux, that's what you do. Uh, in order to, I will say, pay a bit less, yes, or have it, to be, just to have it. Because again, that, that specific bottle, for example, if you manage to buy a case mm -hmm. of 12 bottles of Margot, again, that was uh, around 500, maybe 400 something. It came out, it came out at 1600 because the score was great, 100, you know, some score was 100 and some also the winemaker uh, no, not the winemaker the wine the, the guy who owned that castle we call it chateau okay uh, uh, passed away and he was like there forever and he passed away and they did a special label on that because he passed away that year uh, so because of that the the bottle went skyrocketed in price so the bottle that they were selling yeah. was a new bottle that they had just made the, or it was something that had been aging already no no that, that, that's a new bottle that's it's a the, new bottle the, okay the, okay the, that wine 2016 <clears throat> you buy it that and yeah it, it went to some crazy price uh, right away because of different events the score 100 point which is that you can't get any better yeah. and 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 also the fact that they did a different label because the guy passed away and boom that bottle and so if you if you manage to have a case with wooden case uh yeah you sell it you make a profit of a thousand dollar per bottle so like wow. some people rich wow. enough to buy 10 cases or more yeah. well uh, they score that one i'm telling you but that's not my case. I don't it's, sell anymore. It's it's amazing. The whole wine community—they really. Uh, well, it's uh, just it's just amazing. It's getting really elite. I mean, unless you you still have pleasure with a lot of wine that don't cost much. But for most people, even fifty dollars, it's a stupid mm. money for wine. Uh, they go, well, I don't drink more than six dollars. And in that case, I wouldn't say you will drink only crap, but. It's you don't it's expect difficult to find something yes that, and, for that price and, that's and good. Yes, I would I would say today they, with technology and a big investment, you'd be able to drink something that you can drink. Mm -hmm. But no, is it great? No, it's 
not. Yeah. Just, you can drink it at least. When I was young, uh, some wine were really bad. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Mad Dog 2020. Mark. Oof. Mark, you there? Oh, my word. I have no idea what you're talking what about. You, I was going to say, what, what do you, uh, what, uh, <laughs> But, uh, what was some of the some of the choice wines that we used to back in the day in the well, van? There was, there was uh, the Boone's Farm. <laughs> the Boone's Farm. Yeah, I heard Boone's that. Boone's Farm <laughs> apple wine. That was a dollar fifty a bottle. Oh. I, <laughs> I believe. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Two buck chuck. Two buck chuck was two famous. Two buck chuck. chuck. Yeah. Two buck chuck. Oh, Night Train was the other one, right? Night Train. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. But even oh, two buck yeah, chuck Night today. Train. That stuff ruined me oh, many, many a time. That was like the a dollar fifty in a bottle too, I think. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh that's like Schlitz. Schlitz isn't that bad. How about, red, how about red, white, and blue? Red, white, and blue beer. Oh god! Well, look at today. What you do with beer? I mean, you used to drink shit, really. I, I remember as a kid, I thought it was so cool to have a Michelob or a Budweiser. And then we realized that's really bad. But today, all those little uh, breweries, breweries. Yeah. my yeah. gosh, it's, it's so amazing good. what they do. So I mean, really. Everywhere throughout the states, it's yeah, really the value is. We're having somebody in next week. Oh, we, uh, speaking of microbrewing, so so um, Jason Barnum is potentially coming in next week. I believe he still is. Yes, and he. I don't know if you saw on Facebook. He's 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 got another whole. Um, he'll explain it, but I was over at the the the, the, um, the brewery the other day, and he had found some text. I don't know what that means from a of a beer that was brewed five hundred years ago. And he found some information, and he built a recipe around that. And I forget, oh, Gestalt. No, I can't remember what it was called. But he's brewing it right now, and he's hoping it's going to be done for the when, when he, he can bring it to us Ooh, to, for I like us that. to drink. Yeah, yes. I lived out in San I like Diego him already. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I lived out in San Diego, and all they have was microbreweries out there. Wow, but Just, even here, I mean, every town now. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like. No, I've been here only 15 years, and now I cross uh, Ipswich, uh, Essex, and I'm like, it keeps growing uh, everywhere. Crazy. Every town's got one. Yeah, Great. which I think is wonderful. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. You know, when the zombie apocalypse comes, we just go there, and we just we'll get just our beer. And get our beer. Yeah. But you know what? It's well, going to happen. If you, if you drive from here to Manchester by the sea, you will stop so much. It will take you 10 hours, and, and most you, likely you get, get, get arrested. You oh, get arrested. That's yeah. very much. You know... <laughs> As we're talking here about wine and you're bestowing with us your incredible knowledge and helping us learn more about it, there's something else about you that we have to talk about. And that is, and this is kind of, so <laughs> I'm going to talk. Did you go, did you, did, never mind. I was gonna, yeah, no, yeah, because you don't go there. <laughs> no, please. no, not that, not that. But there was a, um, there was, when Sean told me you're coming on board, I'm like, great. And he goes, oh, and by the way, he used to work at the Moulin Rouge. I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's and um, I pardon my ignorance. I said, wait a minute. That's a real place. And then I went and I did my research, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I hate to I hate to claim ignorant American, but at this time I'm going to because I'm like, oh, they made a movie about it. I didn't realize that it was an actual location. I didn't realize that's where the Can Can Dance started. And then you worked there. Yeah, I didn't start the Can Can though, but oh. I did dance the Can Can. <laughs> did you? I did. No uh, way. Come I on. Promise you, I did. <laughs> Oh, here's the story, right? Oh, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Woo! Here's the Let's story. <laughs> um, every end of contract of the dancers, which is sometimes four years or two years usually, these dancers, they come from everywhere in the world. They, they, they usually, uh, at that era, my era, they were um, English, some French, uh, you know, mostly English, I will say. Now they have a lot of Australian, uh, a lot of Russian and everything. So 
They have a contract usually for two years. They dance there. You know, the, uh, they usually extend more because, you know, just to train them costs money. It's just the, the way sure. it is. So let's say four years. When I was there, there was, a, uh, funny enough, the, that was the end of contract of a lot of them. So for two months, we did rehearsal and we had a special show without, without the, um, the specta uh, spectators. It was only families of employees, but it was still full. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say full. This contained 800 people, goes up to 1,200. That night, it was only maybe 300 people, okay? Oh. Families and friends. And what they did is the show, all the women did the guys' part and all the guys from the... the Seriously. All the waiters and everything did the, the, the girls' side. <laughs> so, yes, I had two sets of dance with all the, the, the freaking uh, feathers Wait, and you one up my ass. It was beautiful. Really? <laughs> yes. And then the most difficult uh, part <laughs> was to find the shoes. But, yeah, all that. <laughs> Do you have a photo? Do you have any photos? I you do. Share? Right, not right now, and I will never get out there. <laughs> no, but I do. It's pretty sad. Uh, you can email those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put them in the video right here. I bet you will, but no, it won't be, happen. <laughs> so that's that's very interesting. So good for you for being a good sport, of course, to, oh. to participate. I mean, what the you know? Of yeah, course, no, no, no. It's uh, so yeah, yeah. It was something else, and Mulawos, yeah, it is. Uh, and still is a fantastic, it's changing. It's, it's becoming more uh, corporate. Uh, but uh, right now it's closed uh, because yeah, of COVID. COVID right. but, uh, they, they probably struggled with that. I know the employee, they, a lot of them still my friends since mm -hmm. um, you know, I was 18 and still, we're still really good friends. One, one of my seller uh, is at one of these guys you place. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're still in touch since ever. Uh, so it email, phone calls. You yeah, just, you I call just, them all the time. All yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so right now they're unemployed, but uh, yeah, Munawuj is doing. That's the only cabaret who really survive and doing well. We mm. had a lot in Paris, and uh, most of them are closed. Wow. But there's been closed for not COVID, not because of just COVID, because, just because, just because. Yeah. So you must have some interesting stories. Yes and no. I didn't work too long over there. I, I okay. worked one year, but I, I was lucky enough. Uh, here's when I joined. I joined. Um, uh, I, I sucked at school. I, I was really uh, not good. So I left school and I went to work directly. And I went to work because Dean Martin was coming to the Moulin Rouge and they needed some employees. Okay. And my dad selling champagne at that era, Moulin Rouge was the, one of the clients and we had connection and he asked, uh, do you need anyone? So I was just a busboy, you know, the sure. carrying shit all day long. Yeah. I mean, all night. So I arrived for Dean Martin's show, which was a special event. So I saw Dean Martin, I went to the lodge and served Dean Martin the fake whiskey, because sure enough, it wasn't real, it was tea, uh, you know, for his show. <laughs> and two months after Dean Martin, uh, Frank Sinatra did, did a gig at the Moulin Rouge, which I saw too. Wow. What? That yeah. must have been... It was just, oh. imagine the 18-year-old kids and, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yes. uh, you have some icon, American... You know, just iconic people. I mean, it was something else. Wow, that's Mar cool. Uh, Sinatra was the chairman of the board, as as they called him, and his band and his singing was Definitely. unmatched. But then Dean Martin, it's interesting you say that, because my mom uh, was a big fan of Dean Martin's and watched him, and he had all the shows. And so you, so that whole act, that was just an act. Well, maybe it wasn't in his A-Day, 
All I know at the, at the Moulin Rouge, uh, you know, that was the end of the Rat Pack and everything. They, uh, well, maybe it was still going on, but not really. Just tea. Uh, you know, they were getting older. Just, just but tea. yes, it was tea in the glass. Yeah. Tea in the glass. <laughs> and I had to bring it to the lodge, and I was like, why would you even bother? Just <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but it was really nice to get in there, mm. and he was, you know, doing his shit. He, he had the makeup on. It's not like I had any interaction with it. It was just fun to be there. To oh, be sure. Out, sure. Did you have any interaction with uh, Frank Sinatra at all? Well, uh, that's a different story. Oh. So Frank Sinatra. Do tell, um, please. <laughs> so Dean Martin, I remember, it was kind of a really short show. He didn't sing. All those, those two shows were for uh, uh, some benefits. Uh, all the money went to uh, some benefits. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. right. So anyway, Dean Martin, I remember, I was fine. And I saw the show and it was short, 20 minutes. And Frank Sinatra, what happened is like it was a big event. And that day... Uh, all the customers paid a fortune their table or their dinner. And uh, they had the Mouton Rothschild to drink, which, again, the Ian's Bordeaux, yep. probably at that era, at the table was a thousand, dollar, a thousand francs a bottle. At that era, that was really expensive. The dinner was, you know, they had caviar, Petrosian caviar. But, like, we used to have a box of one kilogram, of, no, it was probably 500 grams, a big box, and put a spoon on every guest. We talk about a fortune today. That would be insane. Insane. Insane money today. But that was it. That was their menu. So we used to serve that. And we had um, Moite Chandon, that was uh, the Dom Pérignon at that period that we served. I mean, it was, you know, like whatever you want. Luxury to a point. Sure. Frank Sinatra. So he'll start the show, but that's it. The lights go down. The people don't eat anymore. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I've got these two bottles left over of Dom Perignon, one bottle of Mouton Child not touched, and a full box of caviar. So I went up to the changing room, and I fucked up myself so bad I didn't <laughs> never saw the show. <laughs> I was sick for three days. So you had nothing but caviar and champagne. Well, yeah, two bottles. Well, actually, yeah, two bottles and a bottle of Mouton Child. And on my own, like a freaking selfish fuck, in, in the stock room, I mean, uh, the changing room, and I remember the worst of it, you will really think, I didn't like caviar, but it's just like, it was there. So I had to one it. toast, one toast, a box of 500 is that big, it's yeah. big, and it's a lot of caviar. Yeah. And I freaking I went to it, and oh. a bottle and a bottle. And you didn't get sick? No. Not right away. I was fine. <laughs> so the night went on, the wine went on, we had more champagne, when, uh, people go, we clean the freaking mess. And then it starting to hit me. Mm. I went back home with one of the um, black jacket, drove me, it was living near my place, and I had to finish the rest walking. And I was really fucked up. I walked probably a mile, went to my place, wake up in the morning, my mom found me on a couch, and all I, she remembers, what did you give to the dog? And what I had, I had some leftover caviar between two plates and a piece of you know, rag to hold it. And I shared that with the dog when I arrived. That was really <laughs> fucked up. So the dog had the leftover caviar, which a fortune of it. Because we talk about the beluga. I know if people listen and know about caviar, at that era, you could get you know, Russian caviar and was top-notch quality before. Now, today, it's a completely different story. But mm -hmm. the beluga was the... You, you couldn't get any better at that period. So... So the the dog and I went before I went to pass out. 
<laughs> but I passed out. I really passed out. I, when I said I woke up, I didn't. She, a friend of mine came to visit mm -hmm. from you know somewhere in the countryside. He just drove to see me. I couldn't. I, I was like barely opening my eyes. I was fucked up. So Frank Sinatra, <laughs> I don't really know. Oh, um, wow. It was probably good though. I bet it was. Wow. But the wine was great. <laughs> Too much though. That's a lot. That it was, a, was lot. a lot. Two, yeah, that's three, three, three bottles. No, but that's before we started to clean the mess and everything and drink okay. more. Yeah, no, it was a lot. Uh, but you functioned. You were able to finish your job. I don't know. You don't know. I okay. went home. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, no, Moulin Rouge, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we had some good time. They used to call me Gevray Chambertin. Gevray Chambertin is uh, one of the uh, uh, little town of uh, Burgundy that makes amazing wine mm -hmm. and that's what I used to drink during service uh, Gervais Chambertin so my name was there over there the Gervais Chambertin hey Gervais Chambertin <laughs> oh, fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, that was pretty sad <laughs> so what, what, what town were you born in I was born in Paris you were born in Paris mm -hmm. okay and you pretty much lived most of your life in Paris whoa uh, yes and no uh, when I was uh, Seven, I think. We moved to the center of France, mm. uh, which is like the Loire region, which amazing uh, region for wine. Not where I was, and but uh, still. Uh, so the Loire region, it's a small town called Gien. It's, uh, it's on the border of the Loire River. Uh, but yeah, that period was, uh, yeah. Uh, so I lived there for a little while, and then... Um, um, I, I traveled when I after the Moulin Rouge, I went to the military and then I started to travel. I lived to many different location uh, places in the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long were you in the military? Sorry, Mike. Uh, uh, eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah. Okay. Is that a, is that a requirement for your country? Is it was twelve you've... months. Yeah. And so you stayed an extra six. Yeah, because of the what I did for uh, a specialty that mm -hmm. needed to be. The training was longer, so they make sure you stay. That, that was the point of that huh. training I had, and I didn't. Is it top secret? What, what did you no, do? No, it's nothing top secret. Have you seen the military in France? Some, I mean, they are to some battle, but mostly... Uh, so, no, it wasn't, but it was a special uh, uh, corp that doesn't exist anymore. I was in the army, which is, uh, uh, we call it armée de terre, so the, the army, and... Uh, our function, my group, was to uh, make sure all the tanks and all the troops and everything will have all the necessity and be safe to arrive. So we were in charge to make sure the bridge could, uh, could you know, the, the, the transport bridge, the, the bridge they put on river, mm -hmm. uh, make sure the tank could pass the water. I was a diver, so that uh, everything on the water wow. in lake or, because again, I was in the military, uh, in the army, not the navy. So it was mostly lake or whatever, river and everything. We so had to make whole, sure. With the scuba, the, the compressed air, yes, everything. Yeah. We had to make sure, make uh, all the people <laughs> in the tank crossing water be safe. Because mm -hmm. at that period, they couldn't go on the water really. They could the stay snorkel. above water. They, well, yeah, or they used the snorkel. They could go under, but gotcha. they used the snorkel. Today, they just freaking go through it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But before, no. And so, yeah, so the main function was to, we used to be parachutes and and mm -hmm. and kill whatever was in sight, make sure they could, the troops could arrive. So it was kind of elite section. So that's what you did? Yes. That's pretty cool. But it was that's just training. Cool. So basically, I, I never saw a battle well, in my life. You never saw a real battle, you just no, saw a training I, battle. No, no way. I, I saw so, mostly uh, nothing. So then what prompted you to ever want to move to the United States? I, I, I met my wife in France. Uh, she's a flight attendant, and one of, them has, one of us had to move. 
and mm. one spoke English, so uh, I think you're in. You know. Did you now was English taught to you when you were in France? Was a second language or no? It was. It, it was. was. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you mostly I mean we suck at it to be honest with you. This country like Holland or Sweden, Denmark, these people speak fluent English. One of the reasons is uh when they have TV, uh or uh, nothing is it's, it's translated. So they have to they as a kid, old cartoons, whatever from the States or from the UK, you just learn through it. In France, everything was translated. Oh, so Everything. They, so we never really learned. We never and we suck to hear the, yeah. So that's why we have this accent always and we kind of suck at everything. So, so wait a minute. So when they would have shows over in other countries, they wouldn't overdub with their own. Would they overdub with their? In France, they it, will, yes. In France, well, but in other countries, they didn't. Some countries, again, uh, Holland, Sweden, Denmark, all these countries, they, no, it's not. They, huh. they, so mostly they speak perfect English. Well, you know, most Americans don't speak English oh, very listen, well. I don't speak French we very well. <laughs> oh, I, I suck. <laughs> writing is the, oh, I, I suck. At it. Writing, writing uh, English or writing in French? French. French. I, I okay. probably write better in English than in French. It's, oh. it's ah, sad. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I suck at it like big time. By the way, this is pretty yeah, amazing. Uh, uh, go for oh, it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Come right. on. Thank you. <laughs> This is really, really good. Wow. Mm. So that's, uh, I didn't know you were in the military. That's um, Yeah, but again, it was required. So it's not like so I did something amazing. It was required, uh, but uh, I wanted, uh, originally I wanted to be in the Navy. I wanted to be mm -hmm. in a submarine. But uh, I did the test and they realized I was really fucked up. And they said no. <laughs> and I, I, Not a joke. They said not. Um, what was um, the? The reason was uh, unable to follow order. In, in a better way, but th that, that was it. Really? You're a bit of a rebel. Uh, no, I was a bit of a dick, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> you clarified that. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. But so because of that, they did still help me to because I was a diver already. Yeah. And they helped me to do something in what I knew, and uh, that was it. So I was a diver, but in in the army, and to that specific section, and it was that doesn't exist anymore. Jarrell, can you can you give some history on the on the Second World War and and why the, why the French surrendered and and all that sort of thing? I'm ju I'm just curious. I don't know much about his story, but I know enough to to go. Huh, that's kind of a, a weird way of uh, seeing history. I mean, uh, yes, they did the Second War. Half sure. of France definitely surrender. Mm. Uh, that's when they created the Vichy government. I mean, uh, some people, if the French people listen, they will say, what the fuck is he talking about? Basically, yes, that's what happened. Half of France uh, became under Vichy government. Uh, the guy called Pétain was uh, in charge. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a part was for the German, the other part was French under German uh, supervision. But I guess they couldn't handle the whole country. So they said, okay, you keep that, but it's under all shit. So basically, yes, in that case, we kind of surrender. But if you have to realize that they went through the first war with terrible battle and lots of deaths. And oh, I'm sure. We were not equipped no, I, to yeah, begin with. I get it. Germany at that time country. was already equipped. The first war, they were already equipped to attack. That, that was a de design. Mm -hmm. they, they were willing to attack. And so they were equipped. English, French, no, no one was equipped. They used to have like rubber you know, kind of protection for the cotton, uh, the, the, the old equipment, their, their uniform was shit. Everything was shit. They suffered from the cold. Yeah. There's so many deaths. It was insane. So after that war, everything was devastated. This, the, the ammunition, no, they had nothing really. The mm -hmm. country was down. The economy was down. So they, it took them forever to re rebuild. Mm -hmm. 
And sure enough, they didn't rebuild in 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 military. You know, that wasn't a priority. It yeah. was supposed to be peace. So when the second war arrived, which is you know thirty nine, it was like okay, twenty years, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had anything to f- to battle against new German technology that they did sure. build to attack again. So I mean, they yes. knew they knew that it was going to be yeah right yeah. yeah but Pétain, Pétain, which was a great general du- during the first war, yeah, at the second war just gave up. And yes, because of that, yeah, of course, yeah, they surrendered. They did, uh, and half of it because uh, Charles de Gaulle took off, he, he went to uh, hide himself mm-hmm. with some people who did battle with the, the, the English and the American later on. But yeah, mm-hmm. so yes, it's come from that, from so the Vichy government, which was mm. a sad part of the history, but I, I really believe there's some reason behind it. Do you uh, think they, they saved lives by not not? Well, I, I guess not only they did save life, probably. What, what was really wrong about that part of uh, that history? And again, I, I don't know much, you know, yeah. I was, I sucked, but there's things you, you do know by, because uh, that was uh, what the French police did to uh, please the, the, the German, like, you mm-hmm. know, getting the Jew during uh, mm. the Jewish people during uh, the Veldiv. That's one of the big events. It's not only that, but it was like they kind of worked with the German. They had to work with the German and they did. Not all of them, but many did. And But again, some French people, many French people did hide some family and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were like supposed to be, uh, I, I will say some stupid number, like 8,000 people in that velo- uh, places. It was a stadium for bicycles mm-hmm. for race. It's called Veldiv, Velodrome. Uh, at the end, they only had only, I mean, it's still awful, but like 1,800 or something. Again, mm. don't get me wrong. The numbers are really not yeah, good. Sure. I, um, but it was really lower because many French people tried to battle those French police. But yeah, that was that sad, really sad part of no one should be proud of in France about, of about that part of, yes, the French police being cooperative but i don't think they had the choice to be honest have, yeah. i was just going to say how, 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 choice. how much choice would the people have well yeah but uh in that case i mean let's see uh, you all rebel you, you just say uh no uh we won't help you well yeah i mean at that time uh, sure enough a basic civilian didn't have any way to battle so their only way was to yeah just okay uh, just do uh, it the just french right. police had uh, guns and we didn't and and um yeah that that's uh that was a sad part of it, yeah. I sure. mean, uh, many other, which I don't know, but many other parts. But that specific part of that, yeah. I didn't know that yeah. about that history. Oh, that it goes it. on and on and on. On and on, wow. yeah. But yeah, the, the fact that they surrender, yeah, uh, in a way, but not, not in that. I mean, uh, listen to France. And it's not like a, bat- a battle for my country. I don't, I, I'm not a patriotic person, really. I don't, I don't really care. I lived everywhere in the world. I don't care. But... Imagine like most of the riots about everything mm-hmm. always starts in France. They, they freaking fight for everything. They're always in the street against something. Mm. It's to a point you, you laugh at it because it's insane. Ask any person goes to France for visit or business and everything. It's always a riot somewhere. They always bitch. They're always against everything. And trust me, when <laughs> they're like in the street, Interesting. <laughs> they're in the street, they're in the street. They freaking break everything. It's insane. It does, it's not really pleasant, but just to tell you that they, mm. don't, they don't really lay back and just say, okay, do whatever you want. Oh, no. no they, 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 oh, my yeah. gosh. They're insane. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's the anecdote. Interesting. Interesting. It is really interesting. So did you? So what, you you were a diver in prior to the military. Uh, well, I was because my dad was. Oh, your dad was. Yeah. So my dad was a professional diver. He used to make uh, 
you know, uh, to to build bridge, and today there's a lot of machine, but to build bridge, you have to surrender uh, with a big metal stuff and solder those big metal stuff yes. in order to empty, make a hole, you empty yes. the water once it's sealed, okay. and, and then you start pouring the concrete. So that was his job when he was young. But imagine uh, that era, those, those, the equipment was like... Um, oh, the oh equip- Mark, 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 we need Mark some is a... Uh, Oh, it's lonely there, and uh, yeah. So, what do you think, Mark? Did, that's really good. It's good stuff, right? Yeah, this is really. That's the that's the song we need to hear. I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, uh, my dad was a diver, and uh, so sure enough, he he had some equipments, and uh, one day he said, "Well, let's uh, let's do it together." So he threw oh. me. Uh, on a boat with my shit, and uh, I went down, and uh, that's it. I liked it. But then, well, you know, I, I, I was seven, and uh, but I was already a swimmer. I used to do competition. I, I did competition for from five to seventeen, and then thirty to thirty-seven. At uh, you know, the, you were competing at, in your mid thirty, mid to late thirties. Yeah, I went back swimming, and I was already in the French championships. Yeah, I, no I did pretty well. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, you, yeah. Get some, you get some history there, huh? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, but again, uh, your the, life is far more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it really is all the different stuff you've well, done. Well, there's, there's a backlash of all that. I mean, you, you can imagine I used to train two or three times a day. So basically, you don't really work. Uh, and, well. you, and and so you depend on a lot of people that uh, are nice enough. It's not like here you can get paid doing shit uh, over there. Uh, no, it's a pleasure. And, you know, especially girlfriend, they don't really like the fact you don't do shit. And uh, they have to pay for everything. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it, it was some backlash. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> That's Especially when you drink expensive and you don't work, they kind of bitch you. I was going to say, how, how do you maintain that, that habit? That's, yeah, yeah. They, they're not very sweet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Especially when you have a bunch of friends over. And, uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So you're an electrician now. Uh, were you, uh, when did you pick up electricity? When did you start? I picked it up uh, right here. I In- learned uh, by uh, accident. Okay. Yeah, I was scared shitless by electricity. Well, well, oh. Shocking. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. the I know. Sorry, Mike. I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, uh, one glass. Imagine after three bottles. Oh, forget it. I can't even imagine. I mean, this is great. I'm, I'm enjoying yes, me just too. taking my time with it. And it's... Um, well, plus I talk too much anyway. No, but that's no, good. No, we, no, that's no, good. not at all. We wanted, we wanted to... One of the things that we try to do with this is we, we like the conversation like it has in the past couple ones to flow organically. Yeah, sure. Because then you end up finding so much more about you. And a lot of the stuff you say, we have no idea the kind of people out there that are going to find this kind of thing interesting. We've, I will tell you right now that one of our most successful podcasts is our only yes. wine podcast. Mm. Gosh. This, yes. this this one's probably going to Oh, I think run this away. one's going to exceed that one because it, it's been downloaded wow. the most. And yeah. again, you know, uh, we still have 1500 to go. 1500 bottles to go. So This is great. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing next week? You want to come back? Oh, sure. We no. have to get them together with Steve Godwin. <laughs> we have to. So, would you come back at some point? I, I would definitely come okay. back. Okay. Awesome. So, we have our other our, uh, other wine expert, Steve Godwin from Salem. Oh, hang on a minute. Salem. Don't please don't ever call me an expert. It makes me 
Grinch because there's no way today oh, no, 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 unless I, no no but let's see because okay, I, I okay. hear that a lot yeah. but uh, there's some people definitely that mm -hmm. we can consider expert because that's what they do all day long since years they test they do uh, all the the analogies for me it's the ultimate when you know the science of the chemistry of wine and you know, manage to understand everything about it by just looking at it well now we're talking that's no expert, yeah. my knowledge is mostly I will say lots of experience experience in testing but not like in a scientific way mm -hmm. because i will explain something really basic to you that i don't even understand the whole concept but okay i made a mistake for 40 years meaning when i see people testing the wine and naming it like it tastes like grape it uh, yeah sure enough it tastes like this It tastes well. It's not even obvious. It tastes right. like right, but right. you know, there's a scent of this. The, yes, you smell it first, and you have all that. I used to love at that shit, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, just pour it, and I, I drink it, and I enjoy it or not. But that was a big mistake because the way you do that, you put a name on the smell, different name, put a name on the taste. Mm -hmm. All that helps you to categorize in your head, and you put that in your head. It's stuck forever. You will have the knowledge of that wine, even for 30 years from now, you will remember exactly what Remember that, that exactly? Yes, because that's wow. a, scientist, a scientific uh -huh. way yep. to, uh, as a teacher, you know, yes. to uh, have the knowledge. It's, if you just drink it and enjoy it, you will remember the moment, but you will never remember the wine. You will remember, I had this, yes. but you don't know exactly, you won't be able to explain what was that wine. You have to put some name on it in order to have to put it in the right place of your brain. It's a mm -hmm. different area of your brain. One will be the, the pleasure you have, in a, and the other one you stuck. It's a storage place that will stay there forever. The only way to do that is to do that process to smell, give name, to taste, give name, mm. and then you remember. You will have that knowledge forever. And in like 30 years from now, I, I will take that wine. Oh, that's Maison L'Envoyé, uh, 2014. You will remember it. And you can remember that. Okay. Myself, I can't because I only started to do that the past five years. Okay. Before I used to freaking drink it. And uh, so yeah. I remember great time, great wine, but I wouldn't be able to test the same today and say, that was it. That's the one. Huh. It's, wow, it's just... Um, See, that's, that might be the best part of, that, that, uh, of, of drinking wine knowledge that anybody has shared with yep. me. To say that... Yeah. It means um, because I because I'll drink wine. I'll be like, yeah, that, that, that was really good. You know, I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. And again, know. the only way you could remember, we should have done that to begin with. But it's it sounds for me, uh, it sounds so pompous, but it's not. It's really a necessity if you want to be serious about what you're doing and remember sh the stuff. That's the only way. Otherwise, yeah. tomorrow you won't remember it. You won't know that that wine had some kind of a let's say. Whatever you, you, you figure, because you, you can give this tons of different, you know, you can say the prune, mm -hmm. uh, uh, tobacco, you know, and all that yeah, is important. All that Woody. is important. So you, what you do usually, you serve the wine in an ideal condition, good temperature and everything. You start moving your wine mm -hmm. to make it braise a bit. Give it a smell, not too much. Another one, starting to put in your brain some s flavor. And you keep doing that for a little while, and then you start tasting. Mm -hmm. And then 
It's what you have on, on your tongue and on your cheek and under your tongue. And then what you have in your throat. All that counts. All those little steps counts. And you have to put a name on it. Oh, I taste that. It's long. It's short. Even the color before you do it. You go on the color and you go, that's this type of color. Right. This type. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that wine already, you know, it's nice to drink it now. Seeing the color for a Pinot, it's starting to get orangey kind of. Okay. And that's the type of uh, wine that it gets orange. It could, it could turn to a decline. Oh, really? Yeah. Even right now? No, this one, uh, obviously, it's still solid. It's got a lot to it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it more than two more years, you know. And uh, it's my little knowledge. But, like, yeah, two more years and it may really decline. Like, lose a lot of interest. How many bottles of this do you have? Uh, I don't have uh, much anymore. Uh, I would say uh, eight, maybe. Eight. So now look, bless you. So now, you. That, now that you know that you're seeing it within you, in your head, you, you're going to try to keep it. You know, within no. two year, two years, you're going to no, try no. to get this through wine it. is a uh, is. Um, here's the other thing. What I do because again, it's so vast. The what you can buy today, the the offers is insane on good wine, on mm -hmm. even very good wine. So I'm trying not to. Um, I have to focus on a different way of buying. What I'm trying to do is uh, I'm trying to buy people who own their own vineyard, mm -hmm. which is not them, yeah. for example. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean they're bad. It's just I had to pick a choice to reduce my, my, the panel of what I can buy because otherwise it's insane. Okay. So I'm trying to get that. People who own their, they do their, the grapes, you know, they, they, they take care of their vineyard, they take care of their winery, they take care of the winemaking, everything. And I'm trying to focus also on people who take care of their ground, meaning like trying to be organic or biodynamic, you mm -hmm. know, trying to use as least possible uh, chemicals, uh, which is hard to do because... So you you're know, researching. Are you going oh, online yeah. and researching? Well, I, I, I don't do... Uh, I don't go enough on the land. I, I kind of read what they do. The, okay. Because again, it's it's vast. It's massive. Okay. So again, I buy wine from everywhere. I buy wine from South Africa, uh, Chile, uh, uh, Hungary. I mean, it's everywhere. There's wine everywhere, to be honest with you. Now, I'm trying to get responsible about the impact I could have. Of I don't want to buy something stupid that will take... Forever, I stopped buying wine from South Africa. Just the shipping was stupid. If you, if you are, you know, I have to make sense with myself. I'm trying yeah. to be biodynamic. If if you put a like twelve bottle on a ship that will use, it's not to be green or perfect human being. But I'm, I'm just trying to put myself to the minimum possible winemakers I can buy because otherwise it's endless. So I, I, I put boundaries. Mm. Okay. On a necessity so I can, I can pick because otherwise it's too vast. For flavor or things that are more interesting for you? Well, first of all, uh, I, um, it just, I have to limit myself to something because okay. otherwise you just go all over the freaking place. Mm -hmm. uh, the great wine are available in any kind of way of doing it. Like highly industrial or not, they manage to do good wine. And I'm trying not to do that. I still do it with most Bordeaux uh, or Washington states where they have like consultants flying all over the world. Like most, lots of French guys are doing that. They fly to wine winery to the other just to tell you what to do. 
you should do it this way, this way. And then oh, they wow. sign that bottle or they put it a name and it's done by Michel Roland or it's done by this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay. But it's just, you know, and it's amazing wine. Don't get me wrong. They're all great. And, but... It's just for me just to, to focus on something I should buy uh, because otherwise, again, just you can buy millions of bottles every year and you will never see the end of it. Wow. So, no. I try, I it's try such a to. big, big, it's, it's so huge. And, uh, I've Massive. Been, I've been so trapped in my, in my beard and tequila and, and, and Yeah, but it's the same brain. bullshit. Look, beer today, <clears throat> you want to try to still try, very, very try to test all the beer of uh, USA today. Good I'm trying. Luck. I'm trying. I really <laughs> yeah, am. Yeah. <laughs> You so know. one quick question, everything that you sell, that you're involved with, that you buy, do you taste all of it? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, um, Is it necessary for you to taste all of it? No. Uh, I'm, uh, today, because of all the information we have, I'm trying to find somebody who will um, um, bring me something new. That's one. I want to make sure is 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 doing it the way I'm trying to make my boundaries. And again, it's not because it's better. It's just because I need some boundaries. I need right. to mm. focus on something. And I'm trying to uh, focus on also some uh, indigenous uh, grapes. Uh, I'm trying to do that because it's always a surprise when you you used to a taste like let's say a Bordeaux blend. Mm -hmm. uh, traditional Bordeaux blend will be you know Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc Merlot, Petit Verdot. Uh, that's usually the four grape. You have you have some more, but that's usually it. Some of them are just Merlot. Some of them are Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon. But mostly that's what you have in Bordeaux. So I'm con kind of used to that taste. I'm, I'm I can recognize it. I'm 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 okay with that, and I like it. But I, I love something that will go. Whoa, what's that? Because okay. that's what I need now. Right, right, right. And uh, sometimes it's not like a m amazing expensive wine or. But it's just a surprise because it's a different grape. Like in Georgia, they have a specific grape that it grows there, which are, and it's they make interesting wine. It's interesting to me. Really, and I noticed Was that, that Georgia the country or Georgia Georgia the, the country. Okay, but so but I went to visit um, the, um, uh, in Virginia. I went to visit the, um, uh, the estate of uh, the pro the former president Jefferson Jefferson. Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. And sure enough, there's some wineries there. And one of them, which is, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember. Actually, they make great wine. I, I just can't remember the name of that winery. We'll come back to me. But anyway, and they use the same, they have the same grape of the Georgia country. And they, it's... Was it, it similar? I, it, I, no, it wasn't. It but wasn't, it's no. still interesting because, yeah, the climate in Virginia, you can imagine. It's just... Yeah. Uh, so it's still different, but it's it's really interesting. I'm I'm... I'm fascinating by all that. That's and there's cool. a bunch of people doing wine. Oh. What is that? It's a telephone, not mine though. Not mine. So, but it, it's lovely though. It sounds a bit fruity, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, one of the... I thought I wasn't supposed to be able to do that when it was in camera. Oh yeah, somebody was calling, calling your phone? Ah, the, oh. hang on a minute. I'm not technical, but basically your camera called you. Yeah. It is something <laughs> else. Well, yeah. It was lonely. It was lonely. <laughs> Gosh. So one of the things that we were hoping, because we, ha we have a little bit of traction in France, we were hoping that you would be able to do some kind of announcement in French telling 
your countrymen about what we do. Is that right? I think that's a, it's a great. So I was thinking about doing a line or like a like a like a you know uh, just tell. We were gonna. I was gonna record something after. Oh, you were. But okay, you, I thought but we, we can do, do it now. It. Also, oh, no, I did. I, okay, okay, yeah, that's cool. What would you tell people about about bamboozled dot Boston? I don't know. Um, it, it, well, first of all, uh, in French, that's what you want. Yeah, uh, you could you could call us assholes. We won't even know. <laughs> oh, that, that is nice, actually. But you know what? It's so expected. Uh, it's, it's, so not, expected. Uh, it's not even funny. <laughs> Alors, pour les auditeurs français, euh, laissez-moi vous parler de Boomboozled. Boom, euh, Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Dot Boston. Dot Boston. So, euh, donc, ce sont des, 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 une bande d'amis qui sont à la base musiciens et, et, et qui ont eu cette idée, donc déjà par leur équipement, et de, de parler de, de différents euh, alcools, de, de l'art de, de l'art ou du plaisir de boire entre amis ou de de découvrir des bonnes bouteilles, euh, euh, que ce soit d'alcool, de, de bière ou de vin. Et donc voilà, l'idée euh, générale, c'est de parler de tout ça avec euh, sans prétention. Et, euh, et bon, bah, c'est vachement agréable. Quoi. Surtout, bon, bah, on est là euh, dans une cave. Alors euh, bon, on, on, personne ne sait exactement où c'est. C'est quelque part en Nouvelle-Angleterre, près de Boston. Et voilà, donc c'est assez intéressant. Donc euh, bienvenue à tous si vous écoutez. Et puis... Euh, euh, moi, je m'appelle Gérald, je suis ici depuis 15 ans, et puis euh, voilà, je, une des personnes qui, qui a cet endroit, euh, on travaille ensemble, et c'est agréable, de, de, après le boulot, de parler de, de choses un peu plus légères. Merci à tous. Thank you. That was amazing, and I had no idea what you just said. That was great. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, because I don't really know. <laughs> I just, you know. Well, that was, that was fun. Yeah. I, I, listen. Gerald, thank you for coming in tonight. Well, this pleasure. was fantastic. And I, you got to come back. You, if uh, you, tomorrow if, six. Tomorrow six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we yeah. do the upstairs first, and then uh, well, so five thirty. But well, we usually sometimes we do a pre cocktail. Sometimes that gets us in trouble too. Yeah, yeah right. But, did with uh, them, yes. But this Talking is about getting off the wagon. God, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, this is great. Oh, what, what's that, what's that? That's the outro. That's Whoa. the outro. That's the outro music. Draw, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate that was a pleasure. That. Very, thank you very, very nice. Very nice. G Money, nice, great stuff, you. right? Yeah, man. Fantastic. Please come back. You got to come Tomorrow morning at time. <laughs> Tomorrow morning at six. All right, all right, we're ready to go. <laughs> all right, thank you everybody for listening to Bamboozle.Boston. And that was our second wine episode. I can't wait to do another one. Woo, come on, son. Yeah, buddy. <laughs>